Because ultimately what you're selling as any business, it doesn't matter if you're a plumber, it doesn't matter if you're a marketing consultant, it doesn't matter if you're a financial advisor, no matter what you do, you're selling transformation. You're selling the future version of that individual. You're listening to the Client Catching Podcast, the show that uncovers how high-performing service-based business leaders are successfully navigating the ocean of complexity around growing their business. Now, as anyone with the talent and guts to start a business knows, it takes a lot more to grow one than just being great at what you do, and you can't do it alone. So this podcast will show you how other captains of their own ship, just like you, have found the right strategy to catch more clients, simplified everything, and transform their business. So if you're ready to do the same, then jump aboard and join me, Adam King, host and the captain at Think Like a Fish, and let's go fishing. Hello, welcome to the Client Catching Podcast. Now, I've got a bit of a different one for you today in that I've got the tables turned on me a little bit in that what I am doing is I'm, I'm rebroadcasting an interview that I did on the excellent podcast, the E-Tribe podcast, which is hosted by Isar Matis and you may remember the name because um, he appeared recently on the uh, Client Catching podcast I think episode 70 so um, I highly advise that you uh, check that episode out but I wanted to um, rebroadcast this because it really gave me an opportunity to share the details of what I call the Growth Accelerator ecosystem which is a three-part business development system that um, I have developed over the last sort of 17 plus years that really helps to as I hope the name suggests, accelerate the growth in a business. It's a way to attract clients. It's a way to um, improve the number of clients you bring on. And it's a way to actually grow the business that doesn't just rely on you being the deliverer of a service. And there's many, many um, elements to it that goes into actually making this an incredibly powerful um, methodology for growing a B2B and a service business. So I really hope that you enjoy um, what I go into and, and hearing the tables turned on me a little bit. Um, I must admit it's always a bit different being on the other side and one being asked the questions rather than doing the asking. But I really enjoyed the interview. Um, Isar hosts an amazing podcast. He's had some absolutely fantastic guests recently. So again, I hope I really hope that you do also go and check out his podcast, which is the E-Tribe podcast. That's at theetribe.com. And yeah, check out some of his other episodes. But um, until you do that, uh, yeah, let's get into um, the interview that I did with um, Isar on, uh, on his podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the E-Tribe podcast series. Today, I have with me Adam King. Adam is the captain, as he says, of the growth marketing consultancy agency called Think Like a Fish. He is the creator of the Growth Accelerator ecosystem, which is absolutely fantastic. He also confesses that he's a marketing geek, and I am as well. So if you're into geeking out about marketing, definitely stay around. But regardless, I want to give a little bit of an introduction to the problem that Adam is solving. And the problem is... There's so much stuff out there today. There's so many platforms and systems and marketing opportunities and solutions. And most people just get overwhelmed and confused. And if you're in a small business or even a larger business, that amount of options you have there, it's just mind-blowing. And a lot of people just try stuff out. And most of the stuff just doesn't work because they don't do it with any system or any methodology or any clear process. And then they try it a little bit and then it doesn't work. And then they try something else and then it doesn't work. And then you try something else. And if it sounds familiar and it does to me, then you're in the same boat again, not intended punt to the fishing aspect of it. If you're like me and you're struggling with this, what Adam brings to the table is he calls it an ecosystem, but it's really a very well structured process, A to Z, from the thought process and the strategy all the way to the tactics and the tools and the templates on how to attract clients, engage with clients, bring them on board, and make more sales. And he's been able to do this successfully for very, very long. So 
it's almost a scientific approach to marketing, which I absolutely love, and I'm sure you will too. And so with that, I would really like to welcome Adam to the eTribe. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you ever so much for that introduction. I almost feel like I've got nothing to add and we should probably just end it there. That was, uh, that was very, very nice. Thank you very much. It's all, it's all 100% true. And I think people will notice that as we start diving in. Before we dive into the actual growth accelerator ecosystem, tell us a little bit about Adam. What brought you to this point in your career? What experience do you bring to the table that enables you to do what you do? Well, as I call it, I've been fishing in the marketing waters for, I've probably got my maths wrong, but I, it, I, I say over 16 years, it's probably closer to 18 now. I just haven't, uh, yeah, updated my maths. Probably, but <laughs> yeah, I've, I kind of fell into marketing and, and, and all the rest of it, like a lot of people do, I guess. I mean, nobody sort of is uh, running around uh, playing football, pretending to be a professional footballer in the Premier League and uh, dreaming of being a marketer, are they? But it's, yeah, something I sort of fell into after doing the, the normal go to school, go to university, do a bit of travel and all the rest of it, and then I figure out what you want to do when you grow up. So, yeah, I kind of fell into it. And I'll be honest, at the beginning, I didn't love it. But over time, when you actually realize what it is, I really, really started to enjoy it. I got into it. I understood that it's actually about people more than it is anything else. It's understanding the way people think and the behaviors that drive people and the psychology behind behavior. And that's what really drew me into it. And that's what I love about it. And the fact that you can really just have an idea and put it into action, it's its just pure creativity. And that's why I love the whole marketing thing. I did the sort of normal thing. I worked my way up from a, you know, a junior position and you know, went up to running departments and uh, head of marketing and, and director level. I helped start a, a, an events business in the Gulf region where um, there was three of us in a room with nothing more than a laptop and, uh, and three phones. And we, we grew that business pretty successfully within a year. And uh, yeah, it was, it was so many learnings, so many things. And there's been so many things along the way that I've learned and changed and pivoted. But yeah, now I really like to focus on a type of marketing that is just removing all the, all the crap, basically all the, all the false promises, all, all the hype. And as I say, there's a lot of sharks out there in the marketing waters that will literally um, promise you the world and, you know, give you nothing or very little and make promises that, you know, this is easy because it's not, it can be simple, but it's not easy. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I've, where I've got to. And yeah, this is kind of like all of my experience into a methodology and a way of basically viewing business as much as anything. And I've encapsulated that all into this growth accelerator ecosystem, as I call it. So uh, that's, that's where I am today. And that's, that's how I've sort of got there. That's a very short version, but no, it's, and it's a perfect segue. I will say one thing that you touched upon and I actually wanted to say in the intro, but it just became a very long intro. So I didn't, but there's so many false promises out there. Like if you go on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, like wherever you live digitally, you get bombarded with all these offers. And I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you that Adam's stuff is different because I don't just hop on stuff and interview people. I usually just ignore them. I definitely don't bring them on board. Uh, he really has a good system in place. And with that, let's just dive right in. And so what is the growth accelerator ecosystem? Give us the 30,000 foot level, but then I'm going to ask you some follow-up questions, diving deeper and deeper. Absolutely. So I love the way that you say dive in. It's pun hopefully intended, but uh, maybe not. <laughs> but yeah, essentially the growth accelerator ecosystem, it's a business development and, and marketing methodology for primarily selling B2B and professional services. And within the methodology, it's powered by what I call a three-part business development system. And the way that I sort of differentiate it is that I talk about it in a way that what you are able to do by following this process, and it is a process, it's a system behind it, there are tools that help power it. But ultimately, what it allows you to do is achieve what very few businesses ultimately are able to achieve, and that is create momentum and create momentum for future growth 
yet at the same time, you're able to fill a pipeline today. So it kind of solves two problems. It's a little bit of the short term. How do I get in front of people now and and have conversations with potential clients? But ultimately, how am I going to build that into momentum for future growth? So I'm not constantly thinking, right, well, where's my next client going to come from? So what it ultimately ends up being able to help people do and businesses do, it's generate more clients, referrals, strategic partners, to grow their top line revenue in in a sort of in a different way. Perfect. And you break this down beautifully into three different components, which are authority, assets, and alliances. So let's start with the first one. First of all, define to me what do you mean by authority and why is it important for my business? So yeah, what I've sort of broken it down into, and I, I call these are three accelerators in, uh, of growth, because if you think about it, the sort of the, the top line thinking behind it really is that if you're able to simplify things and actually ask yourself questions or the, the question every single day, is what I'm doing going to help me increase one of these three areas? And that is increasing your authority building your assets or achieving more alliances within the business because I call it an ecosystem because all of these, all of them overlap because if you're able to focus on actually improving any one of these areas, they can actually have a knock on effect and help each of them. Right. So ultimately the goal is growth, but there are three things that I found over the years that if you can focus on them rather than thinking, right, it's a tactic that I need to follow. Let's look at fundamental principles because that's what this is all about. It's based on time tested principles of, as I covered a little bit earlier, human behavior, having conversations, engaging with clients. And so what we're really doing with all of this is focusing on starting continuing conversations with a specific group of human beings who we can either add value to, do business with, or collaborate with. And we do that with multiple points of leverage. So that's kind of the intro into the the individual parts of what this is. Because if you think about it, why I start with authority? Because, well, growth happens as a result of having authority. Now, you could call it influence, you could call it expertise, whatever you want to call it. But if you think about it, if you're seen as an authority in your field, then people want to know what you have to say. And it's the kind of authority. Now, you're not going to be signing autographs in the supermarket or taking selfies when you go out. Not that kind of um, influence or fame or whatever you want to call it. But this is being known for a specific kind of ability to solve a problem for a specific type of person in a particular industry or niche or niche, depending on what, type, what part of the world you're from, right? <laughs> and, and so it's this kind of authority that I talk about that you're able to attract the kind of ideal clients that you have chosen to base your future growth on. And that's a key point. You need to choose the people that are going to help you achieve your growth by essentially figuring out how you are going to help them get more of what they want. Amazing. I, I want to stop for a second before we dive a layer, a layer deeper, because the next step is going to get much deeper. Everything we're going to talk about, Adam was kind enough to agree to share with you for free. And he will share in the end of the interview where you can find it. So you don't have to stop your car on the side of the road and start taking notes or stop your run or whatever it is that you're doing right now, listening to the podcast. But With that, I want to really dive in a little deeper because what you just said is perfect. In your literature that you're going to share, you have what you call the one-page growth strategy roadmap. And there's so much gold in that one little page that I want to touch at least the main points. So the first point that I want to touch is how do I define my optimal client, because that's what you said. I I want to be able to attract them, but the first step is to know who they are. So how do you do that? How do I define my optimal client? The first thing I'll say is it ultimately becomes quite a personal decision because one of the hardest things about defining your ideal client is that you can define it however you wish. And that brings with it almost that whole fallacy of choice thing. And it's like, well, there's so many types of people out there I could help? Why would I want to 
limit my options by just going for a single type of client. So sure. that's the first thing that you need to actually overcome. You need to overcome that mindset or that that psychology in, in you that is is actually saying, well, by limiting who I go after, I'm, I'm missing out on opportunity. Where it actually, conversely, it's the opposite that's true. Because this is what I'm talking about when it comes to authority, being known, having influence with a specific group of people. Because let's be honest, not many of us are businesses the size of Coca-Cola or Facebook or, or anyone like that with huge budgets to be able to market everywhere, advertise everywhere, all the rest of it. And so in order to be able to achieve the reach that we want and and get the attention of and then the interest and the engagement of enough clients to help us achieve the goals that we wish, we need to focus on a specific type of person because that means that we can start talking their language. It means that we can actually reach out with messaging that really resonates because you're able to use the language that they use and repeat it back. And it's like, right, this guy or this business gets me because you understand them so much better than anyone else. If you can describe a problem that somebody has better than they can describe it themselves, that's half the battle. So that's the kind of caveat I want to put at the beginning of this. But really, if you're going to be thinking, right, who is my ideal client? One of the things that you can do is sort of think back and go, okay, well, who do, first of all, who do I enjoy working with, right? Because let's be honest, if you're going to build a business, you have the choice of who you're going to build a business around. Why not do it with people you actually like, Absolutely. right? And the type of businesses or causes or types of industries or anything like that. For example, I mean, I, I, I work with B2B and service businesses because that's where I've applied my trade. I work a lot with sort of marketing directors and sales directors and people that I've been in the trenches with because I like working with them and the type of businesses that actually provide a genuinely transformational service sure. to the people that they work with, which has that ongoing impact exponential. So they're the kind of people I love working with. So start there. Who do you love helping with? Don't necessarily think, well, it has to be a profitable niche and I'm going to go after or a profitable client because you can make any ideal client profitable, almost any, if you do it right. Maybe, you know, if you're going to go after um, college kids with no money, maybe that's not, <laughs> you, you kind of get what I mean. An example I always use is if you've um, heard of uh, uh, a famous guy, uh, marketer called Joe Polish, he does the I Love Marketing podcast and uh, he became famous by focusing his one market on carpet cleaners. You might not think carpet cleaners yes. are the most profitable ideal client to go after. But he made his name in that industry and because he was a carpet cleaner. So that's another way you can define your, your ideal client. What have you been? Who are you? What do you have experience in? That kind of thing. So that's just sort of one way. But unfortunately, there is no one way of doing it. You, it's kind of a bit of bit of research, bit of gut feel, who you love working with, what you have the expertise best suited to solve the problem for that. So you need to know the problem that you're solving for that particular ideal client, because then you get to actually say, right, this is how I solve it. And I solve it better than anyone else because I'm so affiliated with this type of person. And I think that last point is, is critical. And so I want to kind of summarize the two things that I find Again, the most critical in this whole thing. One is you have to solve a problem. You have to solve a real pain point for people somewhere, which means you need to A, understand the problem in a deep level. B, have a, at least a reasonable solution that is better than the average because then everybody else is already doing it. But the other aspect that you said, which I think is critical for the long term. So for the short term, you can do what you just said. If I know how to solve a problem better than the average person, I can solve the problem for that person and I can run a business. But if I want to make this a career, if I want this business to grow and thrive, I need to like working with these people because otherwise a year from now, two years from now, I'll say, oh my God, I can't stand this anymore. Like it's making money, but I hate my life. So that's the point that the business starts going in a different direction. So I think these two points are, are phenomenal. 
I want to go to the third point because your end of that sheet ends up with one sentence. And that sentence, if you can frame it for yourself, it's pure gold. It's, it's the mission of your business. It defines everything in one little sentence. So I will let you share it with everybody and why that's kind of like the, the end of that one pager. Before I get onto that, you do bring up a very important point because it is part of that. What, you know, if you go and have a look at the, the, the one page growth strategy, you stop your goals and you've got one market, one problem, your unique method, one offer, and then one message, which is what we're talking about now. Then you have one plan and then you look at some you know, ideas around partners and, and the actions that you're going to take to achieve them. What you start to see is the importance of clarity. And so what this message does is it gives clarity. It not only gives clarity to the people that are hearing it, but it gives you clarity because you get to say, actually, this is what I do. This is what I help. And it can become essentially the, the, the guiding rod, for want of a better way of describing it, for your entire business. Because I almost sort of say to people, don't get hung up in the exact way that you say it. And, you know, you can sort of say, I help people this or, you know, people will hire me to do that and blah, 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 blah. But essentially what you're saying is, and I'm going to sort of, you know, now say that however you say it is not important, but it's going to like, you can use this framework of, I help your ideal client, the one that you've defined, get a desired result or get rid of a particular problem, the one problem that you have identified, or this is something that a lot of people don't necessarily talk about, or become a new identity. Because ultimately what you're selling as any business, it doesn't matter if you're a plumber, it doesn't matter if you're a marketing consultant, it doesn't matter if you're a financial advisor, no matter what you do, you're selling transformation. You're selling the future version of that individual, even if you're selling a widget, because Brilliant. having that widget will allow someone to be a different version of themselves than they are today. So that comes with a sense of identity. So people may want a new identity or a business will want a new identity or something like that. So I find that is often one of the most powerful things to reference. Brilliant. So it's like I, I help B2B service businesses become demand generators. So that's, you know, that could be an example of something because it's not like I help um, them generate leads or anything. It's like I help them transform into a business that creates their own demand. It's a subtle but powerful difference in how you say something. And the ultimate sort of like way that then flows, it's kind of like I help them do this or get this result or solve this problem or, or transform into this new identity by using your unique methodology. Brilliant. And By the that's, way, that's it. Those of you who are like me, who geek out on a lot of marketing podcasts, uh, probably heard of uh, Michael Stelzner from Social Media Examiner. If you haven't and you like marketing, you should. And he kind of follows the same guidelines. He said, I'm helping X get to Y by doing Z. And if you can't say that about your business, Stop for a second, go two steps back, and go through Adam's process because it will allow you to get to that outcome, which becomes the guiding star, if you want, of everything that you do. The next aspect in your framework is really assets. So what assets do I need now that I know my ideal client and I know how I'm going to serve them and I know what's the purpose of service that I'm going to serve them for? What assets do I need to support this ecosystem? Mm. Well, first of all, I think it's important to define what an asset is when Perfect. it comes to this. And, and I defined it as anything that you create once that ultimately goes on to either generate income or it generates leads or it saves you time. So that is what an asset in a business is. So it's not always necessarily linked to revenue. Although, you know, when you, when you take things down the rabbit hole far enough, you can usually attribute any of these assets to it. So it's not like an asset that we might think of of buying a house all the time, you know, necessarily or, or something like that. But it is, is something that is going to produce leverage in your business. It's almost a really big question because there are so many things that could be an asset. What we talk about specifically when it comes to the assets in the business that we build in this system is assets from a content and a follow-up system 
that's an asset and there are assets within that system. There's a lead generation system. There are assets within that system and it's an appointment system. So they're the three main parts of the ecosystem and there are multiple multiple parts within that as well. So lead generation, it could be a, you know, we've all heard the term lead magnet. I like to use bait, but that's because I'm <laughs> using the fishing analogy and all the rest of it. And, uh, you know, your assets can include what I call an authority bridge. And, and it's a podcast that uh, we use as, a, as an asset, but also, as I say, overlaps and creates an authority around your business. But then you can look at other things and it comes on to the, you know, the next piece, which is the alliances. Alliances can be an asset because what you will have is the ability to get access. And access itself becomes an asset, both for you as the um, person with the access that you can essentially say to others, if you would like access to the resources or the clients or the database or whatever it is that I have, and I can introduce you in a nice way, then that's access for them. But also when you build these partnerships and the alliances and build your network, you get access to others and their resources and all the rest of it. But we, we sort of focus quite specifically on the system assets that will create the leverage over your time, over your ability to attract you know, people that are interested in what you do and um, really, yeah, save you time and generate revenue for your business. Brilliant. I want to say something, and it's a quote from one of the people I love to listen to. His name is Mike Volpe. He's a brilliant marketer. Uh, he's one of the founders of HubSpot. If you've done any marketing in the last decade, you at least heard of them. I had the pleasure of meeting him face-to-face several times. And he always says, and it goes back to your asset thing, you can rent your traffic, which means buy ads, put things on social media. Every time you do this, you get another person to your business. But you rent it. You stop paying rent, they stop coming. Or... You can own your traffic. And this is exactly the kind of assets that you're talking about, is how do you build something that keeps on generating leads, revenue, authority for your business versus it's a one-time thing. I I put an ad out there while I'm paying for it, it's driving traffic. But once I Mm -hmm. stop paying for it, it stops driving traffic. And what you put in place, your ecosystem with its assets and alliances allows it to be an ongoing thing. So when you build things, you invest in an ongoing future of leads and revenue versus this one client, one thing, one time, which I absolutely love. It it goes back to what's the value you're going to get from all those people that you see on Facebook? Oh, I'm going to show you how to sell Facebook ads. I'm like, who the hell cares? I I don't want to do Facebook Mm -hmm. ads. I want to make money and work less. That's, these are the goals basically, right? Uh, Have a good Mm -hmm. life is I want to work less hours and make more money so I can do the things I love to do with my family or my friends and so on. Mm -hmm. In order to do that, Facebook ads is a means, but I have to do it again and again and again in order to grow what you offer is a growth strategy that is ongoing, that can be scaled. One other way to potentially think about assets that is different from what you might first think of asset when, it, you know, as I say, real estate or stocks or anything like that. An asset when it comes to, to business and marketing and all the rest of it is also one that allows you to deliver your message when you're not actually physically there doing it, that will allow you to do it at scale. And you can get as... Um, complicated as some fancy, you know, crazy funnel with webinars and this, that, and the other and all the rest of it. Or you can think, well, a simple example of an asset in a business is a postcard that is mailed out to people with your message, which has a call to action to take the next step, which is go and find more information. And if you do that and you repeat it time and time and time again, that is an asset that you will have proven to work because you can look at, well, what is the response rate and then how many people go on to you know the next step and then become clients and all the rest of it that asset's job is to get somebody's attention and to take the next step that's it and so you design assets in your in your process in your system different assets are there to take people to different stages in their own client journey but what you want to do is be able to take them on to the next step and at some point 
get them into your ecosystem so they become a lead for prospect or whatever you want to call it. But I define one, a lead or a prospect, or specifically a lead, as as somebody that has taken an action that self-identifies them to you and your business. They have the problem that you solve and they are at least interested in solving it. You don't know when and that you have the ability then to follow up with them and educate them to the point where they're ready to take the next step, whatever that might be. Brilliant. I want to highlight two points that are weaved between the lines of so many things that you're saying. One, it's the ability to track the results of everything that you're doing. Everything. That postcard, which lives in the physical world, will send somebody either to a specific phone number for which you can track calls that are coming in. And it's not your cell phone because then you can't track it. But you can go and get, at least in the US, uh, but I'm sure there's similar tricks in, in the UK, you can get a free phone number from Google for free. Yeah. A number that people can call in and you can have 20 of those. And now people from the postcard, only people who have the postcard call that one number. So you know who called that one number. And you know the postcard works. The other thing is they go to a specific landing page. So if they go to that landing page, again, it's traceable. So even things in the physical world, you have to be able to track because otherwise you don't know what's working and not working. And the whole ecosystem could collapse because you're focusing on the wrong things and you're building, and again, I'm going to use your terminology, you're building assets that do not lead to anything or they're not optimal. But the other thing that is kind of connected to so many things you're saying, and I like to call it in a different way, but it says the same thing. Networking today in the era we live in is maybe one of the most important currencies we have. And if you know the right people, and if you can leverage their knowledge, their connections, their assets, and you help each other, right? So that's why it's a network. It's not a one-way path. You can exponentially grow the value you yourself bring to whoever you want to bring it to. Because when somebody asks you a question you don't know, but you know the guru or if you want the authority of that particular topic, and you're the way who got your client to there, you brought your client or your prospect or whatever the case may be, value. And so, again, I love the way you tied all these things together into a process and a progress. And I'll tell people, again, I highly recommend you at least check out what Adam is going to share with you in the end because it kind of shows you a little bit behind the, the, the curtain, right? You can see the, the magic and how it happens. But he has everything laid out, like the actual templates and the processes and the email templates and like how to put this thing, how to make the machine work, basically. It's not just I'm describing the machine to you, now go figure it out. It's every single step of the way, which is, which is incredible. I want to touch on one more thing before we end, because I think that goes back to the beginning and the core of your psychological aspect of this. Tell me what is conversational relationship marketing? How do you define it and why is it so powerful? Conversational relationship marketing, it's based on the fact that we have, as human beings, a a need and a desire to connect, to build relationships. And unfortunately, for some reason, when it comes to thinking about sales, marketing, business growth or, or anything like that, We tend to throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to how we approach other human beings who we could either add value to, do business with, or collaborate with to open opportunity, the doors to opportunity for each other. For some reason, we just seem to flip a switch in our brain and become something else. (laughs) We've all got those emails or those those LinkedIn messages after they've connected or or cold emails that literally it's just a 2000 word essay with every single service that they do. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, what the hell is this? Like I didn't ask for this. I don't even need web services or whatever it is. Then it's like, Oh my God. Like there hasn't been any kind of conversation or attempt to build a relationship before you've earned the right to even explore whether or not, you are in a position to actually 
talk to this person about doing business because you, you then know whether they have the problem and whether you are best suited to actually solve that problem. And so the, the, I, I call it conversation relationship marketing because it is all based on conversations. Yes, we use LinkedIn. Yes, we use podcasting. Yes, we use partnerships to deliver online presentations, masterclasses, webinars, whatever you want to do, because ultimately what you're doing is starting and creating conversations. Now, conversations can be loose in terms of certain things because webinars tend to be one way, but we're having a conversation now. Like this is an example of conversational relationship marketing because we're just having a conversation about a topic we both enjoy. I'm trying to give as much of my, of my knowledge and, and my experience and, and, and what I do by having a conversation and there may be someone out there listening going, hmm, this makes sense. I don't hate the whole fish thing. Maybe I'll go and check out what Adam's got. And it's all about just giving without expecting anything in return in a way and just sharing freely because that's what's going to draw people in. And then when you use the system and, and the processes that we use, it's just a gentle way. I don't feel like I've had to make a sale in three years now Brilliant. because I just have conversations. Brilliant. And I, I'll say, I'll piggyback on that because we're doing very similar things in different markets with different focuses. I'm now either sitting on boards or advisory boards or companies or being asked to do so. And I refuse every now and then, depending if I think I'm going to bring value and I get approached. It's not that I go to these businesses. They come to me because they've heard me speak with people like you so many times, like, huh, he's onto something. I want to get that knowledge within to my environment. And so mm. every time I think I'm going to bring value, I do that. But I love the way you framed it. I didn't sell it to them. I didn't ask them. In most cases, I don't even know them. They approach me asking me to help them in some kind of way. And I always do. Like, even if I don't think I'm the right person, I will go and go and goes back to building your alliances. I will try to mm. find somebody else that I know that can help them out. Mm. Phenomenal. Absolutely. I love it. And, you know, the whole point is, it's like, this won't work for every business. If you're selling a $7 ebook or a widget, then this isn't the right approach. It's just not going to work. Sure. But it's likely that if you are in a kind of business that works closely with clients and you charge high premium prices and it's an involved service and, you know, there, there is high levels of trust required in order for somebody to make a decision about whether or not they're going to do business with you you are well suited to invest the time in this kind of marketing because, you know, people will be, you know, for example, people are going to be listening to this in various different places. Now, you know, I don't know, there could be someone and, and we're in the shower with them right now. Who knows? Yes. Or they're walking their dog or you know, it, it's kind of like we are just having a conversation, but we are in places where other marketing cannot go. Sure. Absolutely. It's, it truly is, I believe, incredibly powerful. I don't claim that this is a hack. It's not a shortcut. None of it is. This, this takes time, right? And it's only for those that really have that long-term view of growing business, which is why I sort of say, yes, maybe there'll be times where you can get a quick win or something like that. Right place, right time, who knows? But it's really for those that have that vision in five years' time, where they want to be, and they want to invest in something that's going to help them get there in a leveraged way, so that actually they can focus on the things that they really want to focus on in business. Because unfortunately, not everyone is a marketing geek like you and I, and they don't really love this. Yes. But what this does is it gives you the ability, because what you're really doing is you're focusing on having conversations with people. Now, there are other parts but you know, that, that are a little bit more involved, like the outreach on LinkedIn and creating some content. But you can really squeeze this down into, you know, a few hours, if it's just you, for example, a few hours a week. If you've got a team, that's when you can take this off because you can essentially create an ecosystem around every single one of your staff with each individual pieces of content. Say you've got a sales team of 10 people. Each of these 10 people can have their own ecosystem. And Brilliant. each of those ecosystems overlap, right? And so you don't just have salespeople. You have people that can grow essentially their own business within a business and become known in a particular area for a particular type of client. So if you don't want to pick as a business one ideal client, heck, you've got 10 people in a business that's working. Let's go with 10 different ideal clients for each of those people. And that individual becomes known. 
Now, that might scare some people and some businesses because they're, well, hang on, if they could do that, well, you know, maybe they're going to start demanding more or, you know, go off elsewhere. Well, first of all, if they demand more and they're doing it, pay them more. Sure. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, but you are investing in that person and not everyone wants to go off and do their own thing. Actually, it's quite a small percentage at the end of the day. And they'll probably be quite happy if you can, you know, if you keep rewarding them. And if you're worried about them being poached, well, that's where you treat them well. It, it's, it's not like people stay around forever at much anymore. So there is that possibility. But the beauty is you've got the system and you've got the ability to bring somebody else on and through so that if that happens, it's a repeatable thing. You can bring somebody else on. So Fantastic. Really fantastic. I think that's a great way to end this because we can keep on diving deeper and deeper and go sideways on this for the next two hours, probably easily. And, oh, yes. I'm, and I'm sure you have uh, other, other people to attend to other than just the, the, the listeners of the E-Tribe. So I want to pause you here and I want to ask you something more on, on the day-to-day technical in the weeds. What resources do you use, does Adam use, that make your personal life, business life more effective, easier to deal with? These could be, or, or just ways you use to grow. So these could be podcasts you're listening to, technology that you can't live without, apps that you find amazing, tools, etc. Well, I mean, the obvious one is Zoom, right? I've been using Zoom now for years and, you know, we're talking over Zoom yeah. and it's having its its heyday at the moment with the current situation. But I've been conducting business over Zoom for, you know, two, three years now, I think. And it is, without a shadow of a doubt, it just opens up opportunity because you're not then limited by geography. And I can do business with people in New Zealand. And I yes. work with people in New Zealand. <laughs> and I can do business with people down the road and still, you know, do exactly the same thing and get the same sort of results. So I love Zoom. I think it's fantastic. The other one that um, I couldn't live without is my scheduling software. Okay. So my appointment setting and all the rest of it. I use a tool called Schedule Once. Without a doubt, it's the best one I have used and I've used a lot of them. You can get free versions of these uh, scheduling like Calendly and all the rest of it. But I find for what I do and the systems that I then use and to follow up and, and all the rest of it, Schedule Once is, for me, it's been the best. I really enjoy it. The user experience is great and you get to integrate it with all sorts of things. So you can integrate it with Zoom. So you can have somebody find a time on your calendar that you have said, right, I'm only available on these particular times. Therefore, right, click that time, right, put my name and email address and it will then put it into your calendar, put it into their calendar. But it also, if you integrate it with something like Zoom, will say, right, here's the link to click at that right time and it will come straight onto a Zoom meeting. It, it, it literally saves hours and hours of time. And I'll say as somebody who's been on the other side of this, right, so me and Adam, this is our third meeting already and it's absolutely brilliant because it's as if Adam... And he is, I'm not, I'm not saying that to say he isn't, but it's, it's as if he's the most attentive person to me personally, because there's all these nice friendly reminders who go out and, and scheduling things and make sure you're ready with one, two, and three. And this is how you engage with me. And here's a video on how to connect. And, and, and all of this was set up once. And now he gives that full quote unquote attention to anybody without doing anything. So I'm the one that went to his calendar. I'm the one doing the heavy lifting. And yet I feel as if he really cares about the meeting with me, which he does. He just can scale it to so many different people versus having to do it manually again and again and again. Mm -hmm. So yes, it's 25 to 40 bucks a month, depending on which uh, thing you're using, but it's cheap change compared to the time it saves Hours and hours a week. And, and the relationship benefit, right? And nobody misses a meeting because they get a reminder 24 hours before and two hours before and it's time to connect and yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I wish, uh, I wish I was able to uh, systemize my marriage in the same way and <laughs> have my wife say exactly the same as well. <laughs> I think know, if you solve this, if you solve this, you're going to be more successful than, than you know, the biggest oh, yes. names out there. Elon Musk will, will look up to you. <laughs> oh yeah, I think so. So yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 one of my big ones. And uh, you know, as I say, there are many out there. A couple of others, just like for personally, I, I listen to books. Audible. Like without okay. a doubt, Audible. Fantastic. Here you can get a subscription for seven ninety nine a month and you get a, a, a book every single month. And 
I am weird. I listen to things on sort of, you know, one and a half and double speed because that's kind of where, where my mind works. And I don't have the time anymore at the moment because to sit down and read a book because I have two daughters under four or no, four and under. So yeah, I just don't have the time. So yes. it's, it's kind of like I, I'm able to do it when I'm cooking dinner or, you know, I get that, you know, three and a half minutes of quiet time. You know, I get to squeeze <laughs> that in. And, and it just means that if it's a book I just want to listen to for entertainment, then great. But I listen to all sorts of um, business books and um, biographies and, and things like that to kind of, I do it in the morning and wake myself up in the morning if it's not podcast as well, similar kind of thing. So yeah, that's, that's something I love using. And the other one is like for the, for the part of the system that uses LinkedIn and conversations and all the rest of it, I use a tool called auto text expander, which is an app, uh, an extension, sorry, on, on Chrome. And what this allows you to do is we don't use automation because that's a against LinkedIn's terms of service and it's just not personal. And that's not what we're ultimately trying to do. We use frameworks and not scripts. So we can create a framework that if you type in a couple of um, keys, it will then populate that framework Mm. or or that sort of outline rather than having to sort of open up a document and then go in and copy and paste and then customize and all the rest of it. You know, over, you know, I always say, right, if you can have 20 conversations over LinkedIn or over email or something like that a day, that is going to conservatively generate you three clients a month. Like the maths will work out eventually, if that makes sense. But yeah, we yeah, haven't yeah, got yeah, time sure. to go into it. But yeah, 20 conversations that can turn into sales opportunities. You know, you're looking for a number of those a week, but that is what you're trying to do. And it might not be sales opportunities. It could be referral or partnerships opportunities because that's where the leverage is, you know, talking about the alliance kind of things, referrals, partnerships, and network. This is the networking side of it. But this tool allows you to be much more efficient with it or give it to uh, somebody on your team that's going to do it. Fantastic. Because that will then make them much more productive. Auto text expander. You can Google it. I can tell you, I'm going to start using it because I was using one of the automation tools, which by the way, is brilliant, but I got so excited and overused it and got a very bad slap on the wrist from LinkedIn to the point their second email basically says, if you do this again, you're out for life. And I can't afford that because my future of my business depends on me being active Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. So I'm like, okay, I'm out. (laughs) So I'm, I'm definitely going to check this out. Yeah, it's one of the examples of the sharks, isn't it? That they'll say, oh, well, you know, we can automate all your LinkedIn and all the rest of it. But what they don't always tell you is that actually it can get you slapped. And what's what's more dangerous? Like, think about it. If you've got a a network that you've built up and then overnight, because you've done something or you've trusted someone that has not been totally forthcoming with you and and, and not told you what the risks are of using these these kind of things and you just lose access to it, but what does that do? It's crazy. And it's a little bit like you said, it's like the things that you own against the things that you rent. Not me. The great, the great Mike Volpe. I'm just quoting him. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. One thing, I, another tip that I can make is, is make sure you're regularly downloading your, if you're using LinkedIn, your, your LinkedIn contacts. You won't always get the email addresses or anything like that. But if you can keep a record of the people in your network, that if something like that does happen, like I do it once a week. Because I'm How constantly do you do that? adding people. That's a great idea. I never even thought about it. Yeah. So if you go into your settings, there is a, I can't remember exactly where it is, but you have the opportunity to download your LinkedIn data, which is all <laughs> your connections, all your conversations, all of your, everything that you've done. Now you can limit it to just connections. And we have a, a part of the ecosystem. One of your assets is a dashboard. Like it's how you track people. It's how you sort of make sure that you're focusing on the people that you want to be conversing with and all the rest of it but it also provides you with that backup now unfortunately this is just good old-fashioned excel right so there isn't necessarily a way of making this more efficient that i've found yet but you're only really using it as a backup that in case something does happen you at least know the people that you've got in your network that you've been in conversations with that you can find another way of getting back in contact with First of all, extremely important. I'm not doing this, never thought of doing this. And again, especially after my latest experience with LinkedIn that, you know, at least warned me that they're going to cut me out. I'm definitely going to do this. But I will, since we're geeking out on marketing stuff, I will add my tip to on top of this is 
HubSpot has a free CRM. It's 100% free. It's a very capable CRM and it doesn't cost a thing. And you actually get a pretty good set of tools around it that works very well. Now, Mm -hmm. their mindset is obviously you're going to use some of their really fancy tools and that's going to cost you money. But if you're using either Zapier or IFTTT, you can connect almost anything to the free HubSpot CRM. And I bet you, and I'm going to challenge myself, so challenge accepted, I'm going to find a way to get the data from LinkedIn to HubSpot CRM. And then it's not just a dumbed down Excel file. For sure, you can take the Excel file and drop it into HubSpot CRM. That I know for sure. But I'm going to try to find a way to automate it all the way and get it straight from LinkedIn. And I will share it with you. Yeah, no, that'd be amazing. Um, (laughs) Absolutely amazing. Perfect. What you bring to the table is so refreshing and unique and well-structured. And again, I do this all the time. I interview people who are either entrepreneurs who bring forward their problems and issues and so on and looking for solutions or people who bring solutions to the table. I haven't yet found somebody who has figured it out so nicely and neatly and cleanly as you have and that was able to build an ecosystem that can be delivered and then replicated in any business out there. So it's incredible. I really, really appreciate you taking the time and and sharing this with us. So there you go. That was my interview with um, Isar Matis on the E-Tribe podcast. And I, yeah, I hope that um, I hope that was a good um, use of rebroadcasting that episode um, to hear. And I also hope that you do as well. Go and check out um, Isar's podcast, which is at the E-Tribe.com as well. Um, obviously, Isar says some uh, very nice and kind things about the methodology that I developed. And I, you know, it's nice to hear, um, first of all. Um, but obviously, the, the most important thing is the uh, the results that uh, it helps people achieve and that's what I love doing and um, you know if you're interested in um, finding out more about that then you can go to the uh, listener gift page and there's lots of information on there which is at um, thinklikeafish.co.uk forward slash podcast gift and you can find lots of information on the growth accelerator ecosystem amongst other things so that's it for today. Um, please make sure if you enjoyed this podcast, leave me a rating and review. I do read um, every single one. Um, feel free to send me a um, uh, an email and let me know what you think of the podcast. Adam at thinklikeafish.co.uk. Um, I do respond to every single email I get. Um, and yeah, if you, uh, if you are a listener, make sure that you've um, hit subscribe to the podcast. And um, yeah, um, I appreciate everyone listening. So thanks ever so much. And um, until next time, happy fishing.